Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burger Master. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burger Master is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burger Master on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team in Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks family. And like never tell if this is truly working because we have like 17 different softwares on the back end that are like jerry-rigged together uh we are good to go dana okay welcome everyone it is the real hawk talk i am dana og i am joined tonight by three i think they looked a little sad earlier i said that i thought they all were just kind of like sad gentlemen but joining me of course we have Evan, we have Jeff, we have Nathan. Boys, in our Patreon chat, they asked us to not depress them tonight. So that'll be harder for some of us than others. But Nathan. Well, the good news is there's been no real, you know, Seahawks information campaigns out there recently. It's been really dead on the Seahawks front. There's no discussion whatsoever about, you know, anything important. There's just not much going on. No, there's nothing going on. It's really boring. No matter what Nathan's picture seems to tell us, it is kind of a quiet night. But you know, listen, here's the deal. Tonight, there was a complete meltdown over four letters that Tessina <laughs> Anderson tweeted. It just said, well, doesn't say anything else. But again, the sky was falling. The funny thing is, the sky was falling for Seahawks fans. The sky was falling for Texans fans. There were skies were falling for all kinds of different teams. But here's the deal. In my opinion, and I'd love to hear your guys' opinion, nothing has really changed in the last two weeks. Let's be honest. A lot of chatter, a lot of talk. One but thing it, changed. What changed? One thing your changed. Your background changed. My, all right, yeah. <laughs> Dunlap, Dunlap got cut. Oh, That's yes. That's the big one. That's that the big is one. true. That was heartbreaking to me, yeah, too. I think that all of us, I know Jeff and I were really on the Keep Dunlap train there. Jeff, let me ask you, because that's a really good point, Nathan. What do you what are your his chances of coming back, do you think? I think it's okay. I think there's a decent chance. Mm -hmm. The thing that I just keep coming back to is just the pass rush market is saturated with options. So I think, and we, we had this discussion in our chat yesterday. I think Dunlap and his camp probably saw JJ Watt's deal. And he got JJ Watt got overpaid for what he is. He got 15 million a year. He's not that player anymore. And I think his camp thinks, okay, I was better than J.J. Watt last year. So I think he's going to thinking he's going to hit the market. But when we did our defensive end show last week, you got to remember, it's sort of like what happened with Greg Olson last year, where he hit the market a lot earlier than everyone else, and he got paid because of a bidding war. He got overpaid, and Seattle, unfortunately, was on the wrong end of that. And that's what happened with Watt last year, sort of like the real estate market, where timing is everything, and he's competing against no one. In the... Fringe starts on Monday, technically. That's when the tampering period. Dunlap is probably not going to get signed in the next two days. And he's going up against the deepest position. Mm -hmm. And he's a 32-year-old. 
I don't think he's going to get what he thought he did. And that's where he might come back to Seattle and might, there might be a deal. You know what I'm really disappointed about though, Jeff? Yeah. I'm disappointed that the cut happened after our show about the whole defensive line, because I I feel like there was this sort of like (sighs) assumption throughout that entire discussion that we had for an hour and a half or whatever it was that Carlos Dunlap was going to be back next year. Like, you know, he was, he was one of the key, uh, I don't think it's unfair to say he was like one of the leading reasons or leading reasons behind their defensive turnaround, you know, midway through the year. Um, he was a catalyst for that defensive turnaround and it really sucks to lose him. He was their best pass rusher. If he leaves and he signs with another team, that position group is suddenly looking like a big problem. So it's unfortunate news. I, I, you know, I've been, I'm just going to interject my thoughts real quick here, Dana, but I I think um, it was an unnecessary risk to take in my opinion. Um, I don't disagree that they needed to lower his cap number, but they could have done it via extension. It may have been a little bit more expensive than they wanted to via extension. Um, But there's a risk element at play here um, because if he does leave for another team, you know, you just lost your best pass rusher who fits their system so, so well. Mm-hmm. Um, he proved it all of last year. So it's a bummer. It is what it is, but they also needed the cap space. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think from, if you look at it from purely the fan side of this too, Dunlap really, Dunlap really seemed happy in Seattle and was, you know, really enjoying the system and, and having a good time. And, and I, I think that he was 100% the reason for that turnaround, you know, it, it it was just different when he was on the field. Nathan, when, when we're talking about Dunlap here, and, and, and I know that, that you guys talked about that position group last week, but you know, when we talk about him here, what, what numbers, and I know it's really hard to know, but you know, what, what are the numbers we're looking at here? What, what do you think Seattle maybe put on the table that he said no to, but maybe we'll get him back for? Any idea? Yeah, it's really hard to say. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, if they were willing to offer him an extension, I think that they then have some flexibility on what his first year cap hit looks like. Right. Um, but like, you know, Jeff was saying earlier, it's, it's very possible that Dunlap looked at the JJ Watt deal and said, I'm better than him and I want more than him. Uh, and we spent the last show making fun of the Cardinals for giving Watt that contract. Right. So uh, it's hard to know what they would have done and what Dunlap's asking for. I mean, the, the big thing for me in that is that it sounds like they had had they'd made an agreement with him that if they weren't going to extend him, that they would release him and let, let him test the market. Um, that gives me some hope that because they, you know, followed through on that, um, that Dunlap may be more willing to come back if the bigger offers aren't out there for him. Um, but it's a huge risk and leaves a huge hole until they figure that out or get somebody else. You know, one other element at play here is, and I think Brian brought this up on on that episode that we did. Um, but his presence really unlocked Jaron Reed, you know, um, much like Frank. What was that? Don't tell Jaron Reed that. Yeah. Jaron Reed is a little, (laughs) you know, sensitive in in his feelings about criticism, but, um, you know, we, we saw the same with Frank Clark when Frank Clark was here. Um, and when Frank Clark was out for periods of time, Jaron Reed would struggle. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough loss. I, I just can't get over how they couldn't figure it out extension wise, but I don't want to spend too much time on this, but. Right. And, and like, and like Nathan said, maybe that's not what they decided to do. Maybe they, they promised him that they wouldn't extend, you know, push that too much and let him try. And, you know, there's all kinds of things that go on behind the scenes that we don't know about and, you know, conversations and deals and all that other stuff. So I really hope he comes back. I really feel like he was, he was such a good fit. So, yeah. So um, of course I want to mention that obviously Brian is not here with us tonight. He was not able to join us. So I hope you guys are okay with me hosting and trying to keep this group as positive as I can. There was a request from Sam in our Patreon chat that said, please keep them positive. I've been trying for a year now, hasn't really worked, but we'll see what we can do. So let's go ahead um, and talk about this position group. It's my favorite position group on the field is the secondary, the safeties and the cornerback. Uh, you know, I, I have put, I'm, I'm not a big fan of offense. I really don't like quarterbacks all that much. I love the secondary and I always have, because I think they are probably the biggest different makers 
on the field, which I'm sure someone will argue with me about, but looking at last year's group, we had, you know, the whole thing, you know, we had some injuries and then they came back and some switching and some moving around. Give me your guys' thoughts on the group they had last year um, and, and how you think they performed and, and turned everything around. And we talked about Dunlap already, you know, being on the line, but let's talk about in that secondary because they did seem to do some good things in the second half of this season. Nathan, why don't we start with you? Well, I was actually going to say, Jeff, do you want to kick us off with the, oh, the sure. who do who do they still have and who is a free agent? And then we can talk about that group, I guess. Okay. okay. Yeah. okay. Do you want to start doing the whole secondary or do you want me to start with corner? Oh, let's, yeah, start, let's start with corner. Mm-hmm. So who they have currently on the roster um, and who's, who's a pending free agent. We okay. prepare really well for this show every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have some things ready, though. I do have some things ready. Jeff always has things ready. The rest Jeff's of the always ready. Let's try. Okay, so at cornerback, they have under contract Ugo Amadi, DJ Reed, Trey Flowers, who got a, bit, a little bit of bump in pay, and Marquise Blair, who a lot of people seem to have forgotten about. I don't know if he's a corner anymore or safety, but he is still under contract. UFA's coming up this year. They have Shaq Griffin, who was their starting left corner last year, and Quentin Dunbar, who was their big acquisition, and then Nico Thorpe, who mostly plays special teams. Then I think Lyndon Stevens is one of those ERFA's. I'm not really sure what that is, but yeah, he, he's still... What's D, what did you say DJ Reed was? DJ Is Reed's he... in the last year of his deal of his rookie contract. Okay, okay. I, I didn't... For some reason, I thought he was an like a UDFA, but that's no, no, totally he's, incorrect. He's in the fourth year of his contract. Okay. Okay. So I'm trying to remember. Uh, <clears throat> DJ Reed looked much better as an outside corner, right? Than yeah, he did definitely. Which yeah. is not really intuitive, right? When you kind of think about his skill set and his size and everything, you kind of think of the nickel position, right? Um, I think the group as a whole last year, I, I think that, you know, especially with Reed coming on, um and playing well and replacing Dunbar right and and the whole Dunbar thing is a bummer because he clearly wasn't healthy and got put in a bad position and looked terrible but you know I mean he he just wasn't right um so once they kind of sorted out their health issues and and got their their starting group with Reed and Quill I, I thought they looked fine right I mean the defense played really well down down the stretch um I think people are kind of down on Quill right now and I get that he's probably going to make a lot more money than Seattle can afford. Um, But I think that he played pretty well overall in the season. I think he's still a good player. He's not, he didn't have the crazy PFF grade that he had the year before. Right. And and maybe he's kind of maxed out on just how good he can be. And I think we were probably hopeful that he could continue to like grow and stuff. Um, But I thought he was good. I mean, he was really solid for the most part. Um, So, you know, by the time the season ended, um this cornerback group looked pretty decent uh Ugo was a nice surprise at nickel he I don't think he lit the world on fire but he was solid no big mistakes or anything like that so it was a pretty well-rounded group by the time they kind of figured out all their pieces it's so am I correct in reading your sort of tea leaves here that you might be changing your opinion on them wanting to extend Shaquille Oh, I don't know. I they might. I I wonder if they don't have a soft spot for him. Um, but you, think- you've been making comments though, Nathan, over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> like I'm trying. I want to dig into this a little bit because you were initially like, if I if my if my memory is correct, you were initially like, uh, you know, he's going to get paid way too much in free agency. I don't think he's a he's a good player to extend that good teams you know do. But you you you've been saying recently that you you believe more and more that they're going to bring him back, right? I think he's a good player. I think there's a good chance that, I mean, for a while there, what were we talking about him getting 15, 16 million or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. He had kind of an up and down season. So I don't know where I was. Like, I'm sure you can find me saying different things at different points of time. Um, (laughs) But no, I I think he's good. I think that they might have a soft spot for him. They might, I mean, he was a mid round guy that they found and they coached up and Mm -hmm. I think he played pretty solid for them. Um, I just think they might have a soft spot for him. Um, but you know, 19 million in cap, like that's. So what number are you comfortable retaining him at? That's the thing. Like what's the cap number and everything and knowing for sure, like they have $19 million, right? 
Yep. Like, I'm not comfortable signing anyone any amount of money. Like, Nobody gets any money. Nobody, Nobody gets money. All. There's no money. <laughs> we are, Come back next year. We are a poor football team. Yeah. No money. The weird thing is they're like 12th in the NFL in available yeah. capital. And they yeah. have no money. No, they are. I so we should. I should give you a little bit more context, Nathan. And maybe you know this, but maybe the audience doesn't. But Jalen Ramsey sits at twenty million a year, top of the cornerback market. Top five corners are pretty much sixteen to twenty million dollars a year. Um, top ten is, you know, twelve million a year uh, on that bottom side of the ten. What number truly does start to make you uncomfortable in terms of retaining him? I mean, in a normal year, I think anything kind of ten to twelve, I'd be mostly okay. Mm-hmm. I'd be fine with right if you start getting up near 15 16 where you start talking about like top five and stuff and the, the whole top five thing right every year the market is set right basically at every position just because that's how it works um and so it's probably not crazy to think that in a normal year he probably would have pushed something like 15 16 million even kind of having an up and down year yeah um and that would have made me a little uncomfortable but like yeah i would uh you know if 12 million dollars wasn't like what 65 percent of the cap or something like that their cap space right now i would probably i'd be fine with that i think and Evan, i think you, you can oh, Evan, you can probably explain this better if someone signs like a 14 million dollar year average what's the first year number because that's the thing they're gonna have to mm-hmm. sort of squeeze like levante david got a 12 million dollar a year deal yesterday but his cap it's three million this year yeah so it's typically like this is a very rough ballpark. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's typically like 50 to 60% of that average annual number that you hear thrown around. So if Jalen Ramsey got like, actually, I don't want to use a specific name that's already out there, but like if somebody got like 15 million a year, it's highly conceivable, if not pot, if not likely that that first year cap hit is like seven and a half million, eight million bucks because it slowly creeps up. That's the way teams structure those contracts is super low base salaries in the initial years. And the way it works out from the player's perspective is, you know, signing bonuses all paid up front. So from a cash flow perspective, that player is not only getting the base salary, but they're getting, you know, the total signing bonus of, of whatever that may be. So I'm not, I, I'm not as worried about their current cap space number. Um, I'm not as worried as other people are. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that Dunlap move really opened up up things for them. And, you know, if they find themselves in a bind or in a pinch, you know, in wave one or, or, or wave two of free agency, and they're like, you know, they see somebody and they're just like, we got to have them. Um, they could pull a restructure in seconds. Like they don't have, like, this is, this is one other cap point that I just want to layer in here. Um, when teams restructure contracts, they don't need player permission. Okay. So they already have what they called our, our conversion rights. It's, it's a conversion right language in these NFL contracts where basically the Seahawks could say, we're going to convert your base salary to signing bonus to save us cap space. And we're going to give you more money fully guaranteed upfront. So it's a positive thing for the player, but they don't need the player's permission. So long story short, um, I actually think they're sitting fine cap wise right now. Like they could totally easily afford like a, Corey Lindsley right now or a Joe Thune, maybe not both right off the bat. They'd probably have to do something, but they're okay right now moving into free agency. So I want to go back to Nathan's point about um, Griffin being, you know, them having a soft spot for him. Unfortunately, this is the year soft spots don't matter, you know, unless they can then can figure out a way. Now they can look down the road and we can all look at those TV deals and we can all know that they are going to jump huge. That cap is going to jump huge. And so if they can work with him, you know, and maybe pull on his heartstrings, be like, you know, don't you want to stay here with your brother? Don't you want to, you know, work this with us or whatever. But this is, this is a tough year. And this is going to be a tough year for any free agent. We've talked about that before that, you know, there's gonna be a lot of one-year deals. There's gonna be a lot of prove it deals. Um, maybe next year, sort of a thing. Um, but I think with him, unfortunately, what's going to, what's going to get him is so many teams are in the weeds when it comes to the cap, but the, the soft spot and the people wanting him, you know, it, it, wanting him to stay in Seattle, that that's just not going to necessarily be feasible this year. It's going to be kind of difficult, but 
I want to talk about DJ Reed for just a few minutes. So he really came in and, and surprised a lot of people. And then a storyline came out um, where San Francisco was talking about how they really thought they were going to turn around and keep him, that they had no intention of letting him go. But he really seemed to wear that release from San Francisco, like a chip on his shoulder. And he just played fantastically. Um, what, what are the, what was your expectations? And, and Jeff, I'll start with you. What were your expectations when you, he, they brought him on board? And, and, and do you see him, you know, just getting even better next year? Is this someone that Seattle should invest in long-term? So I'll start with your first question. My expectations mm-hmm. were absolutely nothing. He was coming yeah. off significant injury. They seemed, like Nathan said earlier, his body profiled as a nickel corner. They had Amadi there. They initially had Blair there. It seemed like just a shot in the dark, build up depth, total flyer. Mm-hmm. And he is very unique compared to the kind of players that they have. And he's not their typical outside corner. He does not have the frame. He does not have the long arms. He's, I think, five foot nine or five foot ten. I can't, I don't know his exact mm-hmm. size, but he just looks nothing like the same kind of profile they have with Sherman and Browner and Griffin and Dunbar and Flowers. They all kind of look are built the same way. But he added something that was totally unique to this group and he was just a playmaker with not for a better word, ball skills. And they don't, the, the downside and the sort of the knock on heel and sort of been the knock his whole career is he doesn't really have that in this game. Mm-hmm. And Trey flowers to his credit, he got better this year in the second half. He's not a guy who takes the ball away. He's not a guy who makes a lot of plays on the ball. He's a decent cover guy, but really since Sherman left, they haven't really had even like dating back. Justin Coleman was pretty good at this too, mm-hmm. but they don't really have someone who made plays on the ball. And, I remember that Washington game specifically. Reed was one of the best players on the field in that game. And he just added something. He added a level of confidence, a level of just like, I'm going to beat you and I know it. And you kind of have to have that attitude either to play receiver or corner. You have to have this overconfident, like, I don't care if I'm wrong. And that's another thing that makes like Keel a weird player because he's like, he seems just like such a nice guy and like, He's more calm. He's not like built like the thing of all the great corners of all time, like Sherman and Woodson and the guys who just run their mouths nonstop. You sort of have to be built like that to play corner and Reed sort of fit that personality. So it was a nice change to have someone who could kind of spice up the flowers Griffin thing they had going on. But long-term, I'm not ready to say that yet. I need to see more. He's you, know what perfect- the, you know what the problem is on, on Shaquille just for one second is like the corner market is so bloated that yeah i'm looking at to, the list it's crazy to re- yeah to retain shaquille you're probably gonna have to pay somewhere between 12 and 14 million dollars a year i think and I there's think. Some, and the thing is the it, two teams I, I tweeted this out today the two teams who control this free agent market are the jets and Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. so yeah. let's go with those two both have a huge need at corner he's from the north florida area mm-hmm. so jacksonville natural tie they have shoddy brian schneider and Bevel on staff. So yep. a lot of ties to him. The Jets are running Robert Sala, Pete Carroll's defense. Mm-hmm. They need corners, outside corners. So you're going up against teams with $60 million plus of cap room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see Seattle competing with those teams. Especially with the needs we have. Yeah. Like the, the point I was going to follow up with was like, it's a matter of, I don't know if this makes sense as a phrase, but like allocation value of like the dollar, like that, tw- like 12 to $14 million buys you an elite offensive lineman. It buys you a mediocre corner. You know, where do you want to spend that money relative to this team's needs? Does it depend on who your quarterback is? Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure we want to get into that data. <laughs> Sorry. Just well, again, we're still so to consider. <laughs> Yeah, I thought we were being positive. Hold oh, up. Wow. It was an Dana, option. Dana's so negative, always. Good Lord. A, a Dana Downer over here. <laughs> yeah. We're being uh, spending Hi, my name is Dana. I'm a downer. The, the other thing to consider, like you're saying there, like, you know, what is the value of your buck there, right? And, and um, you know, I mean, talking about DJ Reed and how you'd think he's a nickel, but he played better outside, right? Uh, Marquise Blair you'd think he's an outside corner, right? He played pretty well at nickel. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have Ugo and Blair who looked solid at nickel. 
Blair projects to be potentially an outside corner as well. You would think that would be a more natural position for him. Then you have DJ Reed um, and Trey Flowers. And I mean, I think Trey Flowers is solidly below average at best. Um, but, you know, he's been a starter for this team for a while. So you kind of have four guys there and a little flexibility. Uh, four guys? Yeah, four guys mm-hmm. already, right? And so, like, I don't love the idea of going in to the season with those being your top four guys. Like, maybe you try to pull a rookie or something. But, like, I don't know that you need to spend – a, a chunk of this year's cap space even if you do get you know the lower it's going to be a multi-year deal so it'll be lower this year quill just doesn't seem to provide a provide a lot of bang for your buck there right mm-hmm. you're great now dunbar is an interesting name though sure he's a guy where you know really struggled this year due to injuries is what it feels like mostly mm-hmm. never got a chance to prove himself in this system um He's a guy, and I know we've been talking about this in our group chat for a while now, but uh, his price might be so low that it probably makes sense. Mm -hmm. If you can get him at under $4 million on a one-year prove-it deal, do you do it? I think you do. How much? One-year what? Four years? Under under $4 million, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. You know, it's, it's hard. I, I have a hard time with that one just because when, when he came over from Washington, you heard a lot of chirping from Washington fans saying, oh, you know, mm-hmm. he's injury prone. He can't stay on the field. Oh, this, oh, that. And then turned around and he had a whole injury ridden year. So I get nervous about that. And, and I don't believe that. Well, that's not true. I do believe that certain players can be injury prone, um, but some players just get a streak of bad luck. So then you have to kind of weigh that out a little bit and be like, is it worth it or are we just throwing more money down the hole when we, we really don't know that he'll be able to actually have a full season? Yeah, I mean, it's it just to me, and I think we agree on this, Dana. I, mm-hmm. I think it just comes down to the cost. Like, mm-hmm. what does this market look like? Um, does he have any suitors? Because it could be much lower than $4 million. It could yeah. be, you know, a veteran minimum salary benefit type of situation uh, where you have almost zero risk. But um, I think he should be a target for them if the price is right. All right. So let's do that. Let's, let's play this game a little bit. Um, okay. So we know the four that, you know, are there for sure. Um, so we have Blair Reed, um, Ugo Imadi and Trey flowers. Yep. So Shaquille's gone. Okay. Let's just think that he's off in Jacksonville back with his family. So let's look at some of these free agents that are out there now. <clears throat> I'm going to bring one up and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. And I'm breaking absolutely 100% breaking one of Jeff's cardinal rules in free agency. Okay. No questions asked, but I really want my Richard Sherman to come home. Now here's the thing. He is one of my favorite football players of all time. So that's why it's emotional for me, but I also want to talk about this. So I am a soccer fan. You guys know this. And I also, love football. And one thing that they have in soccer that they also have in American football is what's called a super sub in soccer. Now I know Richard Sherman is not the player he used to be, but in soccer, when they have a super sub, it is usually a really good player that's aging that can't play the full 90 anymore. Right. And so they bring him in, you know, for situations and a fellow situational player, would it be worth it for Seattle to try to get Sherman to come back if for number one, because I too miss that swagger on this team. I, I, and I think Jamal has it in spades and we'll talk about him in just a minute, but I just really miss that swagger. But also to maybe just see if he gives the spark back to this team. I, I have one Seahawks jersey and it's Richard Sherman's. That's how I feel. So I'm breaking your rule, Jeff, but, but just play the game with me and tell me what you guys think. I'm going to skip Nathan. Cause I think I already know what Nathan's going to Dana, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, just kidding. I'm really concerned. You're overlooking a major, major point here. I'm, Richard, I'm really not. Richard said he only wants to play for a Super Bowl contender. Oh, stop so it. just, stop I'm, it's it. just not a natural fit. Unfortunately. No, it, it, I think it, I no, think that you are being a Debbie downer and we need to move on from that right now. You're That's not also being fair. <laughs> Is this a horrible idea? Is it just my heartstrings? But I'm telling you, I just, I just really miss that. Be and it's not a Legion of Boom thing for me. You know, it's not, it's not that. 
it's the player, the teacher, are, the, the, the presence. Are you worried about, at all about his, rela- his relationship with Pete Carroll? No, I'm worried about his relationship with someone else on the team, not necessarily Pete Carroll, but someone else on the field. But I just think it would be really fun to have Jamal Adams and Richard Sherman on the same field at the same time. I think that would be just fun. But at the same time, I mean, we've all been told that there's not, you know, no bridges have been burned there and his family still lives in Seattle. I'm just, I'm, listen, I'm drawing straws. I'm just, please, oh, please, oh, please. I think it would be so fun. Yeah, Jeff, right. you want to you jump into I'll this one, Jeff? Okay, so to add what you were saying before, he actually might be at a point where it's not breaking my rules because I don't think the cost to bring in Richard Sherman is going to be, like, if you have to pay $10 million plus to bring in him. Oh, no, I wouldn't no. even want that. Maybe that's a no, but I think yeah. he's at the point where he's more concerned about fit and he does a podcast with Chris Collinsworth every week and mm-hmm. you kind of get a sense of where his head's at and he's more concerned about being on a team that he can sort of rebuild the defense is similar to what he did to Heath believes he did in San Francisco where they were kind of in a no man's land team and he went there and then he, he like a lot Trent Williams was on their show the other day and he was just mm-hmm. saying what, how much Richard meant to that team. Mm-hmm. And basically they looked up to him for everything and he was just in there last year. So I do think it would make sense in the fact that I don't think he would cost as much as some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. I think he would do a lot for sort of rebuilding the attitude in the team, but he's not the same player he was. He barely, last year yeah you would kind of tr- set up a transition to the next phase they're gonna have mm-hmm. to draft the guy if they're gonna lose and they don't really have that number one corner so i don't hate it at all i think it would make sense if the price is right but if some of the things that him and russell seem a little unsettled and i think if he has other options he might go somewhere else yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess, you know, it's wishful thinking on my part, but, you know, to think of him having to be like, go to the East Coast and not be on the West Coast or whatever, you know, just for one to two more years. I, I don't know if, if that would be super appealing. It would have to be good money. I'm sure, you know, that would probably make a huge thing. And, and you know, um, I, I, Nathan, I really do want your thought on this. I, I mean, really I love do. the idea. I'd love to have it's him back. Funny. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> It's just a cost of the thing, right? I mean, right. I, I don't know that you can pay him more than, you know, four or five million dollars a year, right? And I don't know that he's going to want that right now. Um, and I think, you know, I love Sherm. Uh, I, I do wonder, though, like if he comes in and let's say Blair just balls out, at, you know, outside corner and, and Reed continues to play well, can Richard Sherman handle? being a bench player like can he handle being a backup can can he is he okay with not getting you know not getting any snaps or maybe even being a you know inactive um i don't know yeah Yeah. Uh, (laughs) there's some other interesting veteran names too if you want to can i can i yeah i am begging to throw out a name okay do it begging to throw out a name jason verrett from san francisco on my list he is maybe my like one of my top targets for the Seahawks this year. The Why value, uh, let me explain. The mm-hmm. value will make sense. Injury riddled history, you know, blew his ACL like three years in a row or something like that. Pre joining the 49ers, played 13 games for them last year. Talent wise, the dude is like a borderline all pro. Okay. Like that's, that's not disputed, like highly talented player. Yes. Has, you know, years of injury concerns, but he played really well for San Francisco last year and he was on a one-year deal with them. I'm not sure he's going to get some crazy amount in free agency with, you know, the concern, the concerns around his body. But if, if he's somebody that Seattle could bring in around, you know, like a three-year, $18 $18 million deal or something like that, where you don't, ex- you're, you're not expecting them to play a full 16 games, but you know, you have a borderline all pro talent for 10 to 13 games a, a year. That seems pretty good. And plus mm-hmm. he's from the 49ers. I'd love to steal him, <laughs> you know, bring all that intelligence our way. So that's, that's one name I wanted to throw out. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a good name. Cause very, like you said, the salary scheme and the like it comes from the Carroll scheme. It's the same system. 
Yep. So I don't think he's going to get a three-year contract based on what you said. He's had major durability issues. Mm-hmm. And with the cap shrinking, and you know, I'm going to go over this market in a minute, he seems like a pure one-year contract guy. Maybe he well, goes back to San Francisco. The advantage of at least giving him two years is you can do some cap shenanigans, right? Exactly. So if you give him three years and just backload like all of the money, then okay. But yeah, three years for a dude that like I mean, it was a miracle. It felt like that he played he put together an almost full season last year. So mm-hmm. yeah, and to add to that, so let's go over a couple names. Mm-hmm. There's a good mix of there's only one guy who I see who's gonna cash in. Yeah, uh, William Jackson from Cincinnati. He's a young guy who didn't get much hype. He was a first round pick and he was on a terrible team, so no one talked Bengals, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that guy's going to get paid. Other than that, it's like a weird mix of younger guys and like old, yeah, older guys. Or like older guys and like first-round guys who didn't work out. So I'll go into this. Sherman's a big one, obviously. Patrick Peterson is a free agent. Mm-hmm. And he's in the same mold as Sherman, same draft class. He's, a little, he's had a couple down years, but he's still a very capable short-term option if you lose Griffin. There's, Patrick Peterson is only 31 years old. You guys. Yeah, same as Sherman's he's same thing. He's yeah. not the player he once was, but he's still a functional starter. Mm-hmm. Another guy, I think Nathan liked him last year. Xavier Rhodes had a really, really good year in Indianapolis. And he was a guy who got cut from Minnesota. He looked like he was sort of flaming out. And he was like all pro level in his own defense. He signed a one-year cheap deal. He's going to want a little more money, but he he was a really good player last year. Um, there's some other familiar names from some of the, there's a cut there that's 2017 draft class, which is unfortunately infamous in Seattle. All those corners who are out of the first round are now hitting the market. So that's Kevin King, who everyone remembers from that draft class. His lasting memory in green Bay is absolutely awful. He got destroyed in the NFC championship game. One of the worst games I can remember having a corner playing. So his market, if that's his lasting image, I don't know if that'll impact his market, but him getting burned by Scotty Miller in the last play of the first half was like the worst, one of the worst plays I've ever seen a corner make, but he's hitting the market. Um, Chidobia Wuzie, who was a guy I really liked coming out of the draft from Dallas. He went to Colorado. He's a big long corner. Akello Witherspoon from San Francisco, same thing. Um, Troy Hill, Mike Hilton are pretty like slot guys. So I don't see them fitting Seattle, but they're going to get decent money. And There's another big name that you're forgetting. Yeah, go ahead. That will... Oh, God. I was going to say... Like, this, how... is, this is some premeditated bullshit from Nathan tonight. I'm just tonight. flicking him in the head. <laughs> I jokingly threw it out in the chat as a total joke to essentially set up this, and everyone's like, no, he sucks. I'm like, no, no, you missed what I was doing. <laughs> he is bad now, though, right? I mean, in all he seriousness, he, he hasn't he's played struggling. well. Yeah. yeah. Like that would be the weirdest Seahawks signing ever. Like I, I don't think I could cheer for that guy ever. He was really good for one play, though. I know that's I, all that mattered. Never cheer for him again. What the so fuck much they pain. Threw the Super Bowl to Ricardo Lockett. Seeing this picture is infuriating. So much pain. <laughs> that was the stupidest idea. We moved on. We've moved Did on. we ever find out why Belichick benched Butler in in the in Super Bowl Forty uh, Nine? No. Yeah. Do you guys remember that storyline? Yeah, and they lost the game because they couldn't cover the Eagles. Yeah. Good Lord. Okay, All so right, so let's look. There's, there's a lot a of – more I'll mention quickly. Oh. Desmond King, who had a pretty good year in San Diego and L.A. and Tennessee. Uh, Sidney Jones is a guy that we argued a lot in our chat about last year. He's a free agent. Um, Brashad Breeland, who's been a starting player for Kansas City. And Ronald Darby, who's been up and down with some NFC East teams. There's a lot of names out there. Mm-hmm. They should take a stab at one of those guys. You know, one of those veterans. I mean, especially if you look at... I mean, there's, there's, it's not all old guys or really young guys. You've got a nice mix in that age where, you know, they've played enough, they know enough, they've learned that they could probably come in and, and, and help to a certain extent. I'm a little amazed looking at this list at all these names that, that are well-known. I mean, like Jason McCourty, you know, AJ Bowie, you know, there's, you know, Josh Norman, DJ Hayden. There's a lot of names that people know out there. The, the fear then becomes, do they, which I believe the Cardinals did, do you grab a name for a name like they did with JJ? Not that JJ's still not good, but he's not who he was, but he's a name. I, I hope that they don't get, you know, caught up in that, unless the name is Richard Sherman. All right. So, um, 
So what are we thinking with the cornerbacks? We're kind of all in agreement that Griffin will probably not be back and that they'll just need to go out and find a vet. Or is there someone, how is this draft class with, with cornerbacks? Is it, is it worth, a, you know, going after someone there with the couple of picks that we have? <laughs> Jeff, why don't you talk about the draft? I don't know much about the cornerback draft yet. Some people have said it's pretty good, but not until like the middle rounds and Seattle typically doesn't draft corners until Mm -hmm. after the third round. I think Griffin is the highest corner they've ever drafted. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe they find a guy in the fourth or fifth round and I don't, Mm -hmm. I think they have a couple picks there, but I don't think that should be their plan. Maybe they're hoping you hit a flyer and, you get a long-term option, but it seems like a perfect position to sign a stopgap or take a flyer on one of these young guys, like another Dun- year of Dunbar or Kevin King or someone like that. One of those options, I think they have to, sort of what Nathan said last week with pass rushers, they're in the situation where they can sort of sit back and see who sort of falls through the cracks mm-hmm. because none of those guys really jump off the page as a fit to me. And it's based and they got to spend their money elsewhere. So it might be a position where you sit back, see where the value is and then go after one or two guys. Shall we move on to safety? Yeah, to well, real I quick, did... though, real quick, I have oh, a question. Please. So, mm-hmm. what, I just kind of real quick around the table. So, would you be happy if they didn't add anyone to the cornerback position in free agency and just maybe added a fourth or fifth round corner? In the no, draft? no, they need to do both. No, because Reed's coming off at the end of his deal. I don't know how much longer Flowers has. Well, and is like a Dunbar enough for you, or does it need to be more than that? I think. I'm fine with that. Just a body, one guy. I'd be a little nervous. I'd be nervous about Dunbar too. Yeah, if, if, I mean, for if you can get another guy without that history for close to the same amount of money, I think I'd probably prefer that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just you know, with so little cap, right? And I think everyone here is aligned that you know the top priority is offensive line, right? We'd all like to see them land Lindsay, right? That if that would be no, you don't think top priority is offensive line, Dina? Oh, I do. I absolutely. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely. <laughs> get nasty in here. One thousand percent. No, no. I just, I, I was just, yeah. Okay. Um. So, like, I mean, he's not going to be super cheap, right? And and there are still positions to fill in, right? There's receivers that we like. There are some corners that we like. There, they have defensive line. They have a, a huge hole there now, seemingly at defensive end, right? Um. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, is this a position where you just kind of look at what you have and and squint and hope it's good enough? I mean, it seems like <laughs> you can do that, right? This one and, like, linebacker, right, are two that, while it might be nice to add, while it would great be great to bring back KJ, be great to bring in Sherm, right? Like, there just doesn't seem to be a ton of need here. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess you have to look at it then, like, depth. So maybe then you could just go with, the draft because then you know you're one injury away from being completely shorthanded so it's I think that that would make me a little nervous but you know this whole team makes me nervous so who knows but all right so let's move on to safety Nathan are you still wanting to trade Jamal Adams I don't think I've ever advocated for trading Jamal I, uh, I mean, to, I certainly well, didn't want to cut him I don't remember trading. you said something that sent me through the other day <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't hate the idea of it, right? Um, <laughs> I I still don't. I mean, I don't know. Um, I I don't. I, I don't feel super comfortable paying him a ton of money. I I think that they probably overpaid him, um, or in the trade. Uh, so um, I don't have to trade Jamal Adams, but like that seems like a pretty good spot to help fill in some holes, right? Like, are no. you comfortable, yes or no, paying Jamal Adams eighteen or nineteen million dollars a year? Me or Nathan? Nathan, but all of you. Like straight up. Yes. You are okay. It doesn't bother me as much as the acquisition cost though bothers me. Hmm. Because I said in our chat the other day, like the cap's going up, Bobby's deal is about to come off the books. It's really yeah. not going to prohibit too much of what they do in the future because actually will lower his cap this year, but I still can't get past what they paid for him. Mm. And it's sort of like, the, I, I always will bring this up. It's sort of like the stock market. And like, for example, like Tesla stock, like two weeks ago was like $900 and now it's like 600. So they essentially paid $900 for like a $500 player. 
and it's just gonna it's just gonna keep like they if you put Jamal on the trade market now a year later essentially using my stock market example he'd go for $500 but he would come close to two first round picks and a third round pick Here's the thing. I mean, I feel like I need to stand up for me and Brian because it's always Brian and I that are like, you have a blue chip player. You, you he is completely, you know, team changing. You pay him, and 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 I, I still believe that it probably doesn't help. Again, my favorite position on the field, but was I he a think, team changing player pre Carlos Dunlap? Uh, with his injury, no. But you know what? Yes, that first game, you can't. He was good. Him. He was good in Lord, Atlanta. That I'll, was nice. I will Lord, give that, that to you. Was good. And that was so beautiful. I think if we see more of that, which we started to see more of, you know, once he was starting to be better and now he's had surgery, I think that next year, yeah, I'm really excited about Jamal Adams and I really want him to stay in Seattle. So, and, and that's just, I, you know, like I said, I'm probably a little biased on that. Jeff, why don't you read off our safeties and who we kept, who we don't have, all that good stuff. Okay, well, Jamal Adams is in the last year of his contract. He got the fifth year option, I think it's nine and a half million. Quandre Diggs is in the last year of his contract. He's, I think, making around five or six million. Um, Ryan Neal is an ERFA. I don't know what that really is. Evan might know better. Exclusive rights, free agents. Yeah. So he he'll be back. He'll be back. He played way above his head. And then who's the fourth safety? Uh, free agent. If they sign him, I would be stunned. Hill is a free agent. You said. Leo Hill is a free agent. And that, yeah, that's their entire Demarius Randall as a free agent. That's Honestly, their... I'd bring back Leno on like a minimum salary deal. Nah, get rid of him. He's just like a, a sign of a wasted pick. I don't know. But like you need that depth, Jeff. Like sign a league minimum guy to just do what he does. He plays special teams. Okay, I'm, not, I'm not going to die on the Delano Hill. Yeah, I got mean, <laughs> like eight hundred fifty thousand. I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> 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 Man, you know, uh, like, I don't know. Like, it's I think that those guys you just walk away from. It's like, okay, we failed on this pick. It was a disaster. To him <laughs> and Tedrick. <laughs> that was oh god. Because the worst part is this is the, the 2017 draft. That's this year's free agency and all the names. We keep seeing Juju and all these guys, Posick, and it just keeps coming back. And uh, they spent, they figure, oh, we fixed the Legion of Boom. We got Tedrick and Delano. <laughs> and then they're going to, if they don't sign Carson and Griffin and Posick for that matter, Oof. they're going to have zero players left from that draft class. Zero. And we always look at like what that draft class could have been. I think in 2021, they are going to have zero players left. That's um, crazy to think that is about. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, like wipe it off the books. Moving yeah, on. I think that's the draft class that changed this entire franchise. Jeez. I think in this safety group that we have in Seattle, though, I think that Adams and Quandre Diggs are two optimal players for extensions and and for getting some of that money off of this year. You know, you get them. You know, get the numbers lower this year. Pay them later. Um, I, I you guys know how I feel about Adams. I want to talk about Diggs for a second, though. I never got my pick six. I begged for it all last season, every single game. I never got it. But I still think that he is a quality player. Uh, Nathan, do you, is he someone that you think Seattle should keep around? Yeah, I mean, uh, he plays an important position. He plays it well. I, I thought he started the season off pretty rough and then kind of evened out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have any real, like – uh, I mean, I, I don't remember him giving up big plays or anything. He seems to play all that really well. Um, so, and what he's making like six million or something like this year, six point one. Yeah. I mean, the you're not really going to. I, I don't know. I, I, I like again, like if it's the difference between getting like Lindsley or not. Like I don't know. There's there's a lot of guys I'd cut before him, right? Like Jaron Reed and, and some other folks. So I. I I don't see any reason to think about moving on from him right now. Right. Keep in mind though, uh, Dana, you said something. He is a player. If they were to extend him would actually reduce cap space. Mm-hmm. Just an FYI. So Jamal Adams is a guy that would increase cap space for 2021. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I, was, yeah, Diggs I didn't mean both of them. Yeah. You're no, you're right. good. I, thought Adams, just... I thought Adams would decrease too, right? So Jamal Adams, let me, I, I think I'm getting my terminology maybe a little bit confusing. 
extending Jamal Adams would save the Seahawks cap space this year, but extending Diggs would not save the Seahawks cap space this year. Oh, you flipped them. Oh, okay. Did I? Yeah, Yeah, that's okay. I was like, wait, I thought that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I think that, I think Seattle's pretty solid in those two positions. I, I, does anyone disagree with Diggs about what Nathan said about Diggs? No, very accurate. Keep him. Yeah. Right. Okay. So is there any need in this position, do you guys think, to go out and get a vet free agent? Do you feel like you need to do that? Um, do you just go into the draft looking at this? I, once again, I'm not a big draft person, so I don't know what the safety is, looks like this year. But, you know, or, or is this, you know, is this one of those positions that Nathan was talking about before they just kind of let it ride? Yeah, I would agree with that. Seahawks right now have so much uncertainty on the roster. I posted a tweet the other day. I, I got a little crazy. I don't. Ha- I'm not a good Twitter guy, but this one got crazy. I just posted their needs. Uh huh. And I went defensive end one, corner one, wide receiver three, tight end, left guard, center, way, way, way down, running back, way, way down. So safety's at the bottom too, though. It yeah, is. so safety like is probably other than quarterback and wide receiver one and two, probably the one position you're pretty comfortable with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they need maybe they, they need a backup. You can get a league minimum guy, spend a six round pick, mm-hmm. fill it in like there. Ryan Neal's probably the backup at both spots, and this is one thing where you can finally go into a year and say, okay, we're fine. Mm-hmm. It is the strength of their team right now, other than quarterback. I don't know if that's where you want to build with a guy who can't really play coverage and safety, but that's what you got. Don't start. Don't start. <laughs> it's like it's a unique player, but yes, he is. If you spent that same capital on offensive line, maybe we're not having this conversation today. <sighs> maybe. What would maybe. what would you trade Jamal Adams for, Dana? Ooh, that's a really first, good question. If you could get. If you could like do the exact same deal that the Jets did, uh, I don't. I oh, it's essentially a free. This, year I'm of taking Jamal that as Adams. a yes. I'm taking that's too long of a silence. I just, no, I literally <laughs> am sitting here thinking about it's like what who could replace that level of talent on the team, right? Yeah, like, what if I you don't think got, there like, is. Ryan for him, like last year. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. What? What if you could have got like Ryan Ramchick for a first and a third last year instead of giving up two ones? Like, yeah. would you rather Jamal or a one and a three for Ryan Ramchick or right? I've got to remember, Dana hates offense and fun and scoring yeah, just... points. She she only likes <laughs> defense oh, yeah, and right pain. Yeah, hate scoring points. I just think that it's secondary to stopping scoring points. <laughs> Every time Russell Wilson throws a touchdown, Dana's like, "Damn it!" No. Why did it have to happen? No, she's excited because Jamal, the defense, gets to come on the field. Exactly. <laughs> He's not excited they scored. <laughs> if they no. trade Jamal for two firsts and a third, and it allows them to bring Sherm back. Oh, Ooh. see, no. Sorry. I- I'm sorry. We're looking at a talent level of a player of Sherman in his prime. So, no, I just – I wouldn't do it. I- I'm sorry. There's – I just – I think if you're going to do that, it has to be talent for talent. And so I, I just don't know who else I would bring. <laughs> so three first round picks. Why, why, Nathan? Why? I'm just, I'm just trying to figure just out where to the line your is. Breaking point. I just, yeah, I am. Nathan to tries to find is. my breaking point on a daily basis. <laughs> so is that a yes on three first round picks or no? Um. Oh my God, you have to think about this. I think maybe, yeah. <laughs> three first round picks and a player a good player this just in dana is advocating for the trade of oh jamal adams yeah, first everywhere. put it in chat dana hates jamal adams you're you're next on his hit list it's joe fan and then you no so for you for you it's jamal adams and deshaun watson are like equal in terms of trade value because that's what no, the texans want right absolutely three first round not picks? It's, jamal it's adams, adams. he's a quarterback quarterback. no i like i like watson too i really do yeah should we move on to patreon questions yeah he wants us to shut up is what he wants us to do yes let's (laughs) move on to patreon questions i need i apparently need a jamal adams jersey that's what's happened okay i'm gonna hit this first question 
You uh, should wait until they extend them just to make sure, because that ain't like a done deal. Right. Agreed. They, kind of like, they, uh, is it kind of weird that like we haven't heard reports of that yet? I think well, we no one's really doing it. This. I, we would be stressing about this a lot more though if it wasn't for the rest drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. Seahawks just need some more stress. That's what they need. <laughs> Jesus, Nathan. <laughs> uh, Pete seemed. Uh-huh, this, uh-huh, this, uh-huh. Fun, this question is just funny uh because it's very like r- rotten brain like seahawks rotten brain like why the fuck do seahawks we care Twitter. this much but i'm gonna ask it anyway uh pete seemed to be more snarky and snappy in his interviews uh in the press conferences this year towards the end of the year what do you think the reason for this was and you i know you're a professional therapist and and psychoanalyzer so uh i'm here for your answer I think it hurt him to see uh, his team have a successful passing attack like that. <laughs> At the end of the year? Really? No, he was really? throughout the entire year. Throughout the entire really? year. Yeah. Move along. He saw, he saw Shadi open it up, and he saw Russ throwing all those touchdowns, and <laughs> it physically pained him. Oh, Nathan. I thought Dana, I thought Dana just left. I'm out. <laughs> Nathan, that was brilliantly executed. I'm yeah. so impressed right now. Um <laughs> Lord. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff, Jan Reed has a $13.5 million cap hit next season. Would it have made more sense to cut Reed rather than Dunlap? Yes. 100 times out of 100. Um, I think Carlos Dunlap's contract was inflated compared to what he's going to get. Mm-hmm. But to me, Jaron Reed is very similar to what we said about the Griffin to a lower, ex- to a lesser extent. I don't think he's a difference maker. I think he's an above average starter. His cap hit this year is $13.5 million, which is insane. And I think a defensive tackle is in general is a position you can replace much cheaper than defensive end. So to me, I, and when I was arguing about this and I had a lot of arguments about this last week, so I'm pissed off. I was wrong, but to me, Jaron Reed's contract jumped out to me is why would you not get rid of that mm-hmm. instead? No one's going to trade for it because the cap's so screwed up and he's his salary is way inflated. He's in the last year of his deal. It's just not a smart deal to take on. But to me, if you're going to move on from a player, he, to me, would have made 100 times more sense. But it's just a different situation, right? I mean, Condota reported this, that they had an agreement when they traded for Dunlap that they would let him play out the year and they would either release him or extend him, right? And it may turn out that it was extremely dumb that they didn't extend him, right? Who knows what Dunlap was asking. But, like, it, I, I don't think releasing Dunlap was just about freeing up cap space. Because I think you're right, right? I think Dun, uh, Reed makes a lot more sense to cut if it's, that's all it's about. Maybe you cut both. It, what's that? So maybe you could have cut both. <laughs> well, sure. And maybe they still will, right? I mean, who knows, uh, yeah. depending on what they end up doing. But, maybe like, they I need think, to do more. Yeah, I think the Dunlap thing was, I, I don't think people are talking enough about the agreement that they made with them when they traded for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, you had brought that up a couple of times. And I don't think when I first heard about him being released, I don't think I had really read that part into it. So it made a little bit more sense. Maybe it was a respect thing. At least I hope that's what it was. It was only yeah. Kandata who reported that, right? We didn't see that anywhere else. That's all I saw. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So it could be wrong. Right? I'm not. I'm not doubting the report. I'm just... Yeah. I was just curious if we saw it anywhere else. I know Evan's a big Jaron Reed guy. Yeah, longtime fan. Really, uh, really properly evaluated that contract. Um, uh, Dana, Mm -hmm. who gets the most snaps at corner next year? So I think that's a question of both talent and health, probably. Okay. Oh, just, I thought you were going to give me names. I'm like waiting. I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, no. no um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think we're going to see a lot of Reed next year. I, I think that he um, really was a, did exactly what Carol and the coaching staff wanted out of him. And they were really jacked about him at the end of the year. So I think we're going to see a lot of Reed next year. Um, and, and then it just kind of depends on who they, who they bring in um, for that kind of secondary place. But I, I think it'll be Reed. I think we're going to see a lot of him. That's fair. Um, we have one other question, and Dana, I'll give you the final word again, actually. How do you feel oh. about Deshaun Shedd as a recent addition to the coaching staff, which is pretty I, cool? 
I think that that is very cool. And, and I was very excited for him. He, he was always from everything that I read and in interviews and, you know, talking to people, he was always someone that was super positive, a a valued member of the team. He was great in the locker room. People really liked him. Um, And I really feel like when they brought him back and then cut him, um, I felt like I, I was really surprised that happened, to be honest with you. I, although we weren't really able to watch a ton of, of training camp, so I was, but I was a little surprised. So I'm glad that they, they, they saw the value in what he knew and how he mm-hmm. knew the system and, and, um, and are going to use him as a coach. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually we start to see a lot of ex-players as coaches. I, I kind of have always felt this way on Chad pre this whole coach mm-hmm. signing. And maybe it's a little bit of a hot take, but I thought he was like an underrated I did too. depth part of that Legion of Boom. Oh, like I did too. The least hot take thing ever. Yeah. No, I completely Well, agree. incredibly reasonable. Nobody ever talks about him, right? Yeah, but like, but when, Cor- when Maxwell or Sherman or, you know, I, I don't remember if he was still on the team with Browner. I don't, I think that came later, but um, yeah. um Shed was like a very capable corner mm-hmm. in like those 2013, 2014, 2015 years. Like dude was a, like, he'd be a cornerback one on any other team. Mm-hmm. Like during those years. Yep. He Jeff, was just stuck. Fuck off. Deshaun Shed was amazing. I, I think he was, <laughs> I think he was take. solid. Yeah. Well, I think like a very was... like calm take to like an extremely over the top. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you completely. And I think that, you know, one thing about the Seattle front office is as much as Nathan hates them. Um, they um, really are pretty good at, um, at seeing through some of He's going to, you're going to eat me alive when I say this, but seeing some of the outside skills. So not necessarily on the field skills, but like, you know, teaching and that sort of thing, they, they brought him back. And I, I really think that he, he will flourish in that role of coaching. Not every player can be a coach. We all know that very well, but I really think that he'll probably do well there. Um, another ex Seahawk that is now coaching too is John Johnson is, is back at Boise state and he's coaching for his college team now too. And so I think that we're just kind of see some of these guys who names we knew and they were in that Legion of boom and coaching roles now. And, and I think they'll succeed well. It's crazy seeing the former best cornerback in the league and the former best strong safety in the league. Yeah, that's coaches now, you know, it makes you feel old. We are old. Well, some of us are old. And I'm no fun. <laughs> I'm the mom. I'm old and I'm no fun. That is all we have for Patreon <laughs> questions. All, okay, great. Well, you guys, you know, I think you guys, we, th- this, this group has gone through all the position groups. Um, and, and Jeff, you, you said you tweeted out, you know, where you thought their, their biggest need was, you know, if you had to narrow it down other than offensive line, because I think that we all agree with that straight across the board, what is your one position need just to wrap things up tonight? Uh, it's gotta be pass rusher. Um, there's just a glaring hole on their roster without Dunlap. It was the biggest issue. If you watch those first eight or nine games, just, mm-hmm. it was so obvious watching them. And right now their number one pass rusher projects to be Daryl Taylor, who didn't play a snap last season. So have no idea if he's good or not. Right. He, he's fine to have. He's a total wild card, but <laughs> what, what their money with the, the market, it's gotta be there. If I do a quick second, it's tight tight end. I don't want them to spend a lot there, but they need to get better at that spot. Mm-hmm. Nathan, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly right. I think it's mm-hmm. defensive end and then, well, or, yeah, I mean, after offensive line, right. And then defensive end. Then Always tight. after. Yeah. Offensive yeah. line across the board for sure. Yeah. yeah. Double down on offensive line. Obviously uh, Russell mm-hmm. is unhappy and he's the most important player on the franchise, you know, on the team and keeping him happy mm-hmm. and in the fold is important. So you know, satisfy him, build, build a wall around him. That's what they should do. Yeah, it's not too bold to say this is the most important free agency period for the Seahawks, maybe in this entire year. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. We say that every year, but this year it's oh, probably true. true. Like, like if you they don't nail this, Russell might not be our quarterback next year. There's, yeah, there's lingering effects. They have more, way more needs than they've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's more need, like, I was looking at the free agent list, like someone like Bud Dupree and most years, he's the number one player. He's like the number six pass rusher mm-hmm. in this class. Like there's way more names. Like Nathan mentioned a couple of names in our chat today, Emmanuel Sanders. Like, a guy like that usually is like one of the stud names in free agency. And he's like the 18th best receiver. Like this is a unique, unique year. 
Mm-hmm. It's unique in twofold because one, nobody has any money, but two, the market is flooded with great talent. So it's going to be, again, like we've all been saying, and every media outlet has been saying, it's going to be a lot of one-year prove-it deals or one year and see what else we can do for you. Um, and it's just going to be who wins those phone calls. I, I think it, I, I don't agree with that, actually. I don't think it'll be one year. Shocking. <laughs> I don't, though, because you, you don't have any flexibility with how you structure the contract when you do a one year deal. If you sign a one year, five year, five million dollar deal, it's five million dollars against your cap. Right. I mean, I'm not wrong there. Right. Nope. But if you do a two year, ten million dollar. Right. It could be. Four and six seven. Or, three and seven or something like that right right but isn't it going to come down to the player if they'll sign a two-year deal because they you know they they want they know that cap is going up they know there's going to be more money to be had out there so they want to be able to capitalize that starting in next year yeah one well, so it'll be interesting to see right because right like seattle can sign three one-year five million dollar players right that's it and we oh, just we talked mean. about Uh, yeah i mean and and we just talked about all these things that we'd like them to do right and all these names from like manuel sanders to johnny smith to Corey lindsley to richard sherman right like a one-year five million dollar deal for sherm that's over 25 that's over a quarter of their available cap space right which normally one year five million sounds very little so teams are gonna and and you're right players are gonna have to are gonna want to get back out there but it's Mm -hmm. gonna be interesting i think teams are gonna want to do longer deals Mm -hmm. yeah could be could be and it'll be interesting to see where that cap ends up once they start hopefully restructuring some of these deals and moving some money around a little bit so let's hope they get some more money all right guys well i want everyone to thank you thank everyone for hanging out with us tonight um i evan when Will we be back free agency? Probably. Yeah, that's a really good question. So <laughs> the tampering be, uh, period. An emergency pod any day now, right? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Once uh, th- this tampering period opens up on Monday, I think <laughs> it's 4 p.m. Uh, New York time is when it opens. Um, that's when the tampering period opens. And then Wednesday is like the formal kickoff of uh, contract negotiations and free agency. So I think – or. I, Maybe we'll just plan for next Wednesday. Yeah, I think we're next one. Patrick's Day. We'll show. We should know a lot by then. Yeah. And green beer around for everybody. Mm. <laughs> Sounds for fun. Sure. I like it. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, we'll go check out. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. What? No, I'm saying we're likely all to be pissed off that they didn't sign any of the players we wanted, just like last year. <laughs> We thought I mean, Seattle he, was going to crush free agency, and they. We will have a ton of resolution, like literally, though, in the yeah, next week and a half, two weeks. One way or the other, we will know if Seattle is pursuing, you know, some of those premium free agents that most of us want them to, right? So. So stock up at the liquor store, people. You're going to need it. That's the way it's going to be. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Go to. Um, of course, you can join our Patreon. We would love for you guys to do that. It's patreon.com slash hawkblogger, if I remember correctly. Um, and then you can come over and hang out in our Slack. Our Slack is wild and it is hot. And those guys are talking all the time. It's super fun. So um, do that. And then we'll be back on St. Patrick's Day, hopefully with happy faces. <laughs>